welcome my friend Eric Looper as he comes up tonight to share with us. Eric, come and bless us tonight. Tonight, we're continuing to talk about chasing the lion. That's pursuing the dreams that God has given us. Not just any dreams, but these dreams are dreams that are really too big for us. They're they're dreams that we cannot accomplish on our own. We have to have God's help to accomplish these dreams. They're not God dreams if I can do them on my own or you can do them on your own. They're God dreams when they're big enough, we look at them and go, oh my, I'm not sure I want to step out there. How many of you all had dreams of being something when you were a kid? You know, people, maybe you dreamed about being a guitar player or a great guitar player or a cowboy or, um, you know, there's a lot of things we could dream about. Can I tell you something? When I was a kid, I dreamed about being a horse jockey. Those of you who know anything about horse racing know that horse jockeys are small, right? Well, by the time I was 10 years old, I was uh, 5'2 and over 130 pounds. My horse jockey dream was gone. And uh, so, you know, I I had to kind of let it go. Now, the thing is, those aren't the dreams that we're talking about here. That's a dream about me. That's not a dream that God has. That's not what he's given. How do, we, how do we measure dreams? How do we measure them? How do we know if it's a God dream or if it's just my dream? I think it, what's the, what's the focus? Is it on me? Is it temporary? Or is it eternal? God dreams always focus in the eternal. The, the dreams we're talking about are dreams that link with other dreams to become a part of something much bigger that God is doing. It's bigger than, uh, you know, if your dream is to be rich, if your dream is to own a Ferrari, I might challenge you that your dream is about you. If your dream is about owning a great big house, and that's all your dream is, that dream is probably about you. Now, if you want the great big house to, you know, minister to unwed, you know, pregnant mothers who are in need, then I would say that's a means to an end. If you run into the house, if God drops the house in your lap, while you're serving him, there's nothing wrong with that. I still haven't figured out the Ferrari. I guess if God gives you the Ferrari on the way to the dream, or while you're pursuing that dream, then praise God. But I don't think owning, if owning a Ferrari is your dream, it isn't, it isn't a God dream. I don't think, and Pastor and I talked about this, we couldn't find a way that it was, if that's the dream, it's not from God. So is it, if it's a God dream, it's not going to be selfish. I want to look at uh, the main scripture tonight that we're jumping out of, uh, 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 8. These are the names of David's mighty men. Joshua, Bahasabeth, uh, Tehachimite was chief of the three. He raised his spear against 800 men whom he killed in one encounter. 800 men. He killed one shot. One time. He, he 
he went out to battle and fought 800. I, I wonder who counted. Who counted them in? Who, I mean, did, have you all seen uh, The Lord of the Rings and uh, Legolas and Aragorn? Uh, um, not Aragorn, I can't even think of his name. Gimli. They're, they're fighting and they're counting how many. They're having a competition about how many men they've killed. And is that what he, they were doing? You know, well, I had 800. How many did you have? I only killed 200. You know, somebody counted. You know, this is almost like superhero, isn't it? I mean, he kills 800 men. That is, incre- that is insane. Can you imagine having a man like this at your side? What army would you fear? Hey, there's two of us. Come on. We'll mow you down. What army couldn't you defeat? I don't think there's any of them. Now, the question that came to my mind, was Joshua's dream to kill a bunch of people at once? Do you think that was his goal as a little boy? I want to see how many men I can kill at one time. No. His dream that he had here was to be a part of something bigger. His dream was to serve his commander and his king. And in this instance, that meant he had to kill 800 men. And now we have record of him here doing something that awesome. Sometimes in fulfilling our dream, we help someone else. And you know what? We've probably been helped by someone who has been fulfilling their dreams. Sometimes when we're working in the midst of fulfilling that dream, you know, we get lost sometimes. We feel like we're wandering sometimes. Sometimes we just need to keep moving, keep doing what God has told us to do last time he spoke to us. Because people will try to kill our dream. Whatever God puts in your heart, you can just bet on it that the world out there is trying to kill it. They want it to die. The devil wants it to die. You're destroying his kingdom. People try to kill it. The dream seems too big. I can't accomplish that. God's simply asking you to take a step in faith. It may be that you look at it and say it's too complicated. Or it would take so long to happen, it just wouldn't be worth it. What about Moses? You know, he tries to free the, at 40 years of age, he tries to free the Israelites on his own. He flees the country. 40 years, he he is a shepherd in the wilderness. And after 40 years, the Lord speaks to him and says, I want you to go back and free my people. Now, you wonder why God had to speak to him from a burning bush I can just, and give him signs. I can just see him. I already tried that, Lord. It didn't happen last time. It's not going to happen this time. But God was insistent, and he says, I am going with you. That's the difference. Forty years he waited. That's a long time. That's a long time. How about David? David was anointed king as a young man, probably a teenager. And yet it wasn't until after he was 35 years old that he actually was crowned king. And then for seven years, he only reigned over the southern tribes, Judah and Benjamin. How about Jesus? 30 years, Jesus walked this earth to get to the three years of ministry, the three years that were about why he came. I think we can take time. You know, Mark Batterson, the guy who writes this book, says, I am not convinced that the true date of death is listed on our death certificates. 
Sadly, many people die long before their heart stops beating. We start dying the day we stop dreaming. Ironically, we start living the day we discover a dream worth dying for. That's what David's mighty men found in David, a cause worth living for and a dream worth dying for. When we let the world, life, or other people stop us from doing, following God's dream, that's when we really die. We're living paycheck to paycheck, punching the clock, putting in our time. We lose heart. There, there's nothing in that. Is, is that good enough for you? Is that what you want to do, just exist? I don't want to just exist. I want, I want to serve the Lord. I want to do what he put me on this earth for. What is worth living for? David's mighty men were zealous for seeing God's promise fulfilled in David, seeing his enemies subdued and subjected to him. It's what drove them when things got tough. It's what helped them accomplish these insurmountable things that we will be looking at, some of the other men as the time goes on. Nobody thought they could accomplish these things, but they did because they were committed to David and God was with them. What are you living for? What's the dream God's put in your heart? Or have you died? Has that dream died in your heart? And just, you're just existing. When we become passionate about the things that God is passionate about, and sacrifice to follow those dreams, we can create ripples in the kingdom that can last forever. There is no greater joy than living the dream that God has for us. And there is no greater pain than not living the dream that God has for us. I have seen people who knew God called them to serve him, and they let life get in the way. And they're punching the clock. Life has very little meaning. I don't want to live that way. I don't want to see any of, any of you live that way. That's what I, Pastor doesn't either. That's why we're doing this series. We want to ignite that passion back in your heart again. Think about the Apostle Paul. Here is a man who became so passionate about the things of God that he sacrificed in a huge way to follow his dreams, uh, follow those dreams, and he created ripples in the kingdom that are still being felt today. The New Testament, he wrote most of it. He preached the gospel throughout the known world at that time. And uh, he even had influence over some of the other apostles. I'll get to that in a minute. Right now, I'm going to look at uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, starting with verse 21 and the second half of that. What anyone... What anyone else dares to boast about, I'm speaking as a fool, I also dare to boast about. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they Abraham's descendants? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I'm out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger in the rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from the Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false brothers. 
That's what he sacrificed. But he also created ripples that no one else has impacted the Christian faith such as Paul did, except Jesus. Nobody has. He, he impacted it in a huge way. We still live off of his teaching. Paul endured all these things, and in the world eyes, he seemed as a losing, as a failure, as a loser. But God used him to spread the gospel throughout the known world and write most of the New Testament. And as I said just a minute ago, he even had influence on the twelve. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 15 and 16, Peter says, Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation, just as our dear brother Paul also wrote to you with the wisdom that God gives him. He writes the same way in all of his letters, speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain some hard things to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort as they do other scriptures for their own destruction. Here he is, one of his own contemporaries, one of the twelve, saying, Paul wrote scripture. Last week's sermon was about overcoming our fears and dreaming again. This week's sermon is about having the courage to make those dreams a reality. What dream has God put in your heart? Do you remember what the dream was? Life has a way of stealing them away. Life has a way of deadening them, taking it away. It isn't going to happen. There's not enough time. I'm too busy. Let this series bring them to life again. And help you choose to follow your dreams. What is that dream that God's put in your heart? You know, as, I, as I've been reflecting on this as I was preparing to teach here, I realized that the seeds of, for the dream that God's put in my heart were planted by my mother. My mother uh, loves, to, you know, loves to talk about the Bible, and she would spend hours talking to me about the Bible and about things that God taught. And one of the things we talked about a lot was how God has called his people to help others. Not just people in need, or poor people, I guess I should say, but anybody who has a need. You know, people who have money have needs sometimes. If you accidentally left your lights on, and, you know, it doesn't happen so much anymore, but, uh, and your battery drains, I think you need some help, don't you? no matter how much or how little money you have. And, uh, you know, I was one of those guys that had the cheap cars that, um, you know, well, I would buy them for about three to $500 and uh, put $100 or $200 in them and drive them for six months and then go get another one. And so I carried jumper cables. <laughs> I had to. Something probably was going to die. So I would give people jumps. One of my favorite things, my, my family's favorite things to do was uh, in the wintertime, uh, when it would snow, we would run to the neighbor's house and see if we could dig out their driveway and their sidewalks before they could catch us and pay us for it. Now, it got to the point where they knew who was doing it, so they would send money over to us. But, you know, that, it was about helping others. We had a Habitat house that was being built for a family that severely needed it. 
My family was there on day one when the first shovel went in the ground and we turned aside. Let me tell you, there were 75 people that showed up that morning. By noon, we had a six-inch trench around the whole thing, and it was my family and a couple of other people that were left. And when we left at about 7.30, 8 o'clock that night, we had a footer around the whole thing that was ready to be poured. And we did that because we believed that you know, we're to serve, and that's been part of the dream that God's given me. Part of the dream is to stand up for those that are oppressed, for those that are downtrodden. And you'll find that in Scripture from beginning to end. The Lord himself says he stands up for those. And that's been deep in me. And I thank the Lord for giving me a mother that taught me these things. She didn't know she was, she didn't have a sit down, I got to teach him this, got to teach him this. But it was just daily life as she was talking to me, as she was living out her dream of being a mother and homeschooling her children, that she did this, accomplished this. That's the seeds of my dream. I have a dream that's, I believe, is pretty large. And to me, it seems insurmountable. But I believe that dream will happen here, part of it anyway. And I'm excited that it's happening here, and I really hope it stays here. But anyway, um, <clears throat> I'm not just saying that. I'm having fun. You've you got to come by the thrift store. I'm having fun, okay? I miss Jackie tremendously, but the Lord has called me here. So what do you need to do to see your dream become reality? Do you need to make a phone call? Do you need to take a class? Or set a deadline that you need to get this done by then. You know, sometimes we have to wait on the Lord. That's a tough thing, you know what? But are we actively waiting or have we just kicked back in the lazy boy and gotten lethargic? Active waiting means we do what we can while we're waiting for him to open the door. He can get us to move. Can I tell you that in the past, I have tried to make the dream that God has put in my heart, I've tried to make it happen. And I gave up. And then the Lord re reignited that dream and that fire, and I continued to press on, even though I wasn't sure it was going to happen. And it, it continues to drive me. I continue to seek. I continue to chase it. Not because I can. I can tell you this. I know me well enough that it isn't going to happen because of me. It's going to happen because he chooses to do it through me. You know, sometimes the path to the dream seems to be going in the wrong direction. A couple years ago, as Pastor Mark said, I was, I was pastoring a church not far from here, and everything seemed to be going well. And uh, how many of you... It wasn't underneath the surface. And as things started to come apart, we got it to solidify, but the finances weren't there. And then I had a heart-rending day here at, this, at, at the Jefferson Street campus, and uh, when I was told that they were going to close the church down and they needed me to resign. It seemed like I was going the wrong way from the dream that God was calling me to. 
But then he planted me and my family in this church. And he put me in a place that I never would have gone. If you'd put a list in front of me with 50 things and had managing a thrift store on there, I probably would have chosen all 49 other things before I got to the thrift store. I'm just being honest with you. I mean, I've cleaned toilets, Pastor. Did it for five years. But I would have chosen almost any of the rest of them. But I want to tell you, when God puts us where he wants us, we're at, you'll have fun. You will be accomplishing your dream. You will be right where your calling is. You can ask my wife. I am much happier at the thrift store than I ever was as a pastor. Did I hear an amen back there? Now, sometimes when we get to the dream, it doesn't look like we thought it was going to. Sometimes it's dressed in overalls and it looks like work. Sometimes it's going to take a bit of effort for us. Oh, you know what? We have to be ready. We have to be committed to the dream. We have to have enough passion that when it looks like work, we throw on the overalls, we throw on the boots and say, I'm going in. You will have more fun you will enjoy yourself. You, maybe that's not supposed to be the focus. But I want to tell you, God is joy. God is love. And he wants us to enjoy ourselves. Now, there'll be some tough times. There'll be times that we don't enjoy in the dream, but we push on. What about you? Are you continuing to pursue your dream that God has given you, or have you let it die? I know I've asked it a couple times today, but I just feel like it. I want to ask this. What is the dream? Do you even remember? Then let's push on. Let's pursue it. Today, the Father is calling us to renew the passion that he has placed in our heart. He is asking us to chase the lion. Will you follow him? Will I follow him? Are we ready to follow him? Are we ready to pursue the dream? The things that only he can accomplish through us? Now is the time. Now is the time. Today is the day to revive those. This evening, if you want to seek God for the dream he's put in your heart, I'm going to ask Dan to come and play. And uh, he's going to lead us in a song. And you can come and pray. Just open your heart. If you need to refocus on the dream, if you've been focused on the wrong dream, now's the time. Let's, let's get that dream alive and burning in our hearts. Let's seek the Lord, okay? Father, we just open our hearts to you today. Father, I pray for the, the men and women around this altar that, Father, you'd refresh the dream within us where the enemy has tried to rob that or take it from us. Refresh us where we've allowed ourselves to get busy. And, Father, let us now hear it. Father, where, where our dreams has been on the temporal, on the Ferrari, let it get on the eternal. Father, those things that really matter, change. So, Father, speak to us tonight. Let, let us 
rightly dream. Let us lay aside what we need to lay aside to focus on what should drive and direct our hearts in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. This last uh, April, Renee and I took some time and we were down in, in Florida and I I contacted a friend of mine that I hadn't seen in probably 15, 20 years that I knew lived down there and, and got a hold of him and just said, hey, by chance do you have time for a dinner? And we went out. He, he grew up here in the church the same way I did. He was one of my best friends growing up. And, and uh, life had just taken a separate direction. They hadn't seen each other in a long time. And we went and met him. We got together, met for dinner, and I walk in, and here's this guy, you know, that I've known for years and years and years. He's looking tan and fit and good shape, and, you know, I'm looking pale and fat and <laughs> kind of wore out, you know. And uh, there's a part of you, when you stand in that situation, you go, I'm a little jealous, you know. You're, you're down here where it's warm every day and where uh, the weather's good and doing what you want to do and not worrying, he wasn't, not worrying about much. And, but here's the, here's, here's the difference for me. When I was a boy growing up here, what happened in this church in my life was so impactful. It was so powerful in my life that it changed the direction of my life. In the process of that, I began to fall in love with this church. And what this church can do and what it can mean. I began to fall in love with this community and, 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 and the thought of us being able to touch this community and impact them for eternity. And that began to burn in my heart where the temptation to go do other things became smaller and smaller. Smaller and smaller. See, my, my dream comes right down to our vision and our mission. I mean, think about this to compel every person in central Illinois to seriously consider the claims of Christ. Eternity changing. Giving the Holy Spirit. Now listen, we're not going to do that by putting on a, a radio program or a TV program. You know, for that to happen, there has to be an army of people rise up in this fellowship who are mature in the Word of God, who know how to pray, who know how to be led by the Holy Spirit, who aren't swayed by every doctrine that comes down the, the pike that the enemy would sidetrack us on, and who are able to live led by the Spirit everywhere they go every day of their life. There has to be a, there has to be a growing army of people who live contrary to this world and live committed to the cause of Christ every place they go, who see themselves as on duty. That's why, you know, we sit and we say, as we come into this new year, we're going to make a re-emphasis. We're going to raise the ante on discipleship. We're going to put our chips stronger and stronger into this area of taking whoever will come, who will ever be around, and getting in the Word of God so we can be formed by the Word of God. That's why we're challenging you to read the Word of God, to study the Word of God, that we can be formed and shaped by the Word of God, that God can raise up an army of men and women unshaken by the circumstances of the day, unmoved by the temptations of this world, but focused on the eternal goal. 
We can't do that. I can't do that on my own. God has to do that. God has to make that happen. We, we move towards it in every way we can. But we have to, you know, that's going to start with a small group of things. And, you know, I, I, our, our vision is we see this place filled on Wednesday night with people coming saying, I want to grow deeper and deeper in the things of God. I want to know more. I want to understand more. I want to be used more than I've ever, ever been used before. When, when I think about the future for us, I, I think about the, the, the multitude of ministries that have to rise up for that to happen. This doesn't happen based on one ministry. This happens because you get vision for ministries and you begin to do them. You begin to enter into them. And we begin to be used. This, this happens because small group leaders rise up. They'll care for people, minister to people, lead those people into places of ministry where we can impact our community with the gospel. I, I think of things like uh, uh, you know, special, our special needs programs. And, and I've got just such a passion that we would offer the best support to families who have special needs children of any place they could find in central Illinois. Now, I'm telling you, the dream for me doesn't stop there. The dream, I mean, we could do that on our, organizationally, we could do that on our own. We could, we could put an organization together and offer great ministry and do things and really be kind to families and really take care of them. My dream for that goes deeper, is that we pray for these kids and we start seeing some of them healed. That we can't do on our own. That only God can do. But we've got to pray that in and believe in that. You know, we've got to raise up ministries in our, in our church where people will be passionate and committed, will buy into that vision and say, I want to make a difference in teenagers' life. We're working right now on what we want to do for a youth center and how we want to build that youth center and what we want that to look like. And, and I just sit here and tell you right now, we don't have the money for a penny of it. But I felt like God six months ago said, start moving towards it. You do what you can do, I'll do what I can do. That's the essence of God's dreams for us. We move towards it. We lay hands on a sick little child, a troubled little child, and we have no power for them to be healed. We just have obedience to lay hands on them and pray for them and trust God. And if that's week one, nothing happens, then next week, guess what we do? We pray again. And if it's the next week, we pray again. And we keep praying, believing, and hoping, and trusting, having faith in God that he's going to move in somebody's life and change them forever. But we have to, I just want to challenge you, capture the dream. When I think about missions and supporting, uh, supporting ministries around the world that do the same thing, I, I just... I just, I think about Hope Thrift Center and the opportunity that we have to be invested in missions, but just by giving our junk. Amen? Giving the stuff we're not using anymore. That's some, that becomes valuable to somebody else that we transfer into money to help kids around the world. There's just so many things that little places where we can get involved and we can do things. And, and I think about life to the full. I remember the, the, the day I'd gone into the auditorium back on Jefferson Street and everybody was talking about vision and what vision needed to be. And I thought, well, maybe I 
need to understand I'm walking up and down those aisles and trying to come up with some clever words to express what I wanted us to be about. And I tried this and that, and nothing seemed to fit for me. And, and, and finally, I just, I just remember, I could take you right to where I was in the auditorium, where I just felt the Spirit of the Lord said to me, I have already said what your vision needs to be and what you're already connected with. You want people to have life to the full. That's what my son came for, to help people have life to the full, to help their homes get healthier, to help their emotions get healthier, to help them walk in the peace of God and the security of God and find the purpose of God and walk in the wholeness of the family of God and have the Holy Spirit so so active and alive in their life that they, come, they, they walk in the self-control of the Spirit of God so that they walk in the health of God. Friends, that's what we're all about. We can't do that, though. God has to do that through us. We can offer things, but then we need God to move. And I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to just start, to start to pray about, God, where do I fit in this, in this dream? What's my part of it? Is it going out uh, to, to, to a a place and feeding people every Tuesday night? Is that my part of it, God? Then let me joyfully go. Is that being a, a small group leader? Then God, let me lead with excellence. Is that being a, a Sunday school teacher for four-year-olds? Then God, let me pour your word into their life. Is that singing in the choir? Then God, let me sing under your anointing with such power and authority that your spirit falls on this place and touches people's lives. And certainly, God, it's for me to go out wherever I'm at and let your light shine through me to others. Amen? Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, let your dreams come. There's people out there, Lord, you're, you're, you, you want to use us to rescue their eternities. There's people out there, Father, you want us to help them have fullness of life. There's people out there, Father, we believe you want to heal. You want to set them free. There's people with addictions that you want to deliver them from those addictions. They're trapped and shipwrecked right now. But Father, you have a divine destiny for them. And with the right vision and the right dream, that can happen. So Father, I pray we would not be resistant to anybody else's dream, but we would dive in and follow the leading of your spirit and know the things you would have us. Don't let us dream for that which is not gold. Let us dream only for that which lasts for eternity. And Lord, we know you'll bless us along the way, and we're thankful for your blessing along the way. But never let that be the dream. Let your vision and your purpose always be the dream in the middle of everything we do. So Father, whatever it is, rekindle a dream. Restir a dream. Birth a dream in us. Show us where we're to connect with a dream. Show us what we're to do and let us begin to be used of you in greater and greater measure. Let us be prepared and ready to go in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Make sure, uh, Eric, before you go, come, you and Lisa, come over here and stand right here in the middle of us, would you? We're going to do one last thing before we go. Some of you guys gather around Eric and some of you guys gather around Lisa and let's just pray for them right now. You believe prayer changes things? Just take a minute and pray what you believe God's telling you to pray for them right now. Father, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Father, we stand here together and I, I pray you'd bless their marriage. 
I pray they grow closer and closer together with greater and greater sensitivity and understanding to each other. Uh, Father, every day, I pray you bless them with their children. Their children's hearts would beat stronger and stronger for your will, and their children would know the vision and purpose you have for their lives. I, I pray for their places of ministry right now, Father, that they would flourish in them, and you give them fresh ideas and fresh thoughts, and, and Father, favor to do the work of the ministry and to accomplish your will. I pray that your giftings in them would rise up in new measure. And that, Father, as your giftings rise up in them, that, Father, their humility would grow in you. That, Father, it wouldn't be about us. We wouldn't be puffed up in the gifting, but, Father, we would be humble in the giftings that you have for them. Let them walk in your health. Give them health and strength and blessing and anointing. And, Father, use them for your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. God bless you. I love all of you. Go in the name of the Lord tonight, and let's change the world.